Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. Today we're just going to talk. No topic necessarily, uh, just some rambling that's been going on in my head lately Um, due to all the pandemic and everything happening in the world. My full-time job sent me home this week and uh, supervisors are going to rotate through into work and all of our employees are working at home at this point again. So we did that from March until mid-May and then we were in the office mid-May until, what are we, July, the first part of this week. And uh, so hopefully... I don't know. This feels a little bit more permanent from that group. Um, So perhaps they're thinking this is going to need to be somewhat permanent through the fall and we can get back to get back to the office first part of the next year. Maybe I'm not sure. My part time job also has sent me home again. Um, They've been a little bit more conservative as far as when we go and how long we stay. Um, And I think they do a fantastic job of bringing us back safely. And I don't mind being in the office and or being at either one of my jobs, but how they handle the safety aspect when we're there means a lot to me. And my part-time job, I definitely feel like they care about me and my safety and to make sure I can stay healthy as long as possible. So, you know, there's that. So that means I'm not going to leave the house again this week. And at the end of the week, I'm going to see my folks. This is the first time I've seen them since October. Um, So also be the first time I'm traveling during all of this. I've not done anything but little day trips here and there that just was me to go out to do photography. I haven't gone to see anybody or gone anywhere to, you know, visit people. Um, So this will be a little different, but thanks to my part-time job sending me at-home COVID test kits every week, I will know going there that I'm not taking anything to my parents, but I'm also going to know when I come back that I didn't bring anything back here with me. So I feel really good about that. Um, And it'll be different because normally we always go out to eat and go do things. And of course, with the way things are today, I'm not, I'm not going to be going out to restaurants. I will certainly pick things up, but I'm not eating in a restaurant. So, you know, it's it's different. Things are very, very different. And uh, I'm not sure how I, how I feel about all of that just yet. Um, you know, I've known some people that have gotten sick, so I know that it is serious and I'm trying to follow all of the guidelines to do my part. But then I'm also supposed to, or I was supposed to let my brother know I was coming to town. Um, little background on me, I am adopted and I have two biological brothers. We share both parents. Uh, The boys are much younger than I am, and they grew up with my biological family. So uh, when I was born, they gave me up, but then they kept the boys. Um, And I met one of my brothers um, a couple of years ago now. 
uh, it was, I think it was like Valentine's Day weekend or something. I went back home to Michigan. He had asked me to come watch him play basketball in an alumni basketball thing. So I went out there and stayed with my best friend and she drove me out to the basketball game. Um, you know, and we would sit and look at all the guys playing and, and she was picking out, oh, that's got to be him. That's got to be the one. Um, apparently we have the same short, stocky stature. So uh, sorry, Josh, we both share that. And uh, then we went out for lunch and that was just, it was so surreal to be sitting there with somebody for the first time in my life that I knew I was related to that had some things just like me. And it, it's really hard to put into words what that means when you've grown up not having that. I've known I was adopted since I can remember, since I was itty-bitty. I knew I was adopted. And when I was really small, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Nobody else was adopted. Um, you know, this was something I thought was just the coolest thing. And somewhere as I grew up, I started to see it as not to be a great thing. And um, and so I would hide it more and not share it with people. I don't know why. It's just kind of what I did. Um, and I would spend a lot of time when I would go to the grocery store or um, when I would go various places around town looking at people and wondering, you know, are they, are we related? Uh, do you know who I am? Do you know where I came from? All of that kind of thing. Um, it, it was very interesting. And then knowing what I know now, my biological family was only about 20 minutes outside of where uh, of the main city where, where I grew up. So I uh, wasn't that far away from the whole clan. Um, but it, it, very interesting stuff when you're a kid, how your mind works. And, you know, you see somebody with the same color hair and you're like, oh, you've got the same hair color I do. You have the same eye color and, you know, you don't really understand genetics and DNA and all that kind of stuff. You just start thinking, I wonder, I wonder. Um and, uh, yeah, I, when I was 18, I petitioned the court. Back then, everything was sealed since my adoption was in the 70s. And I had to petition the court, and I used 150 bucks of my own money and asked them to locate my biological mother. Um, and my adoption agency did that. They were successful because she didn't go very far. She married the guy she was dating. She, uh, so she really stayed put. Uh, so it was easy for them to find her. And I'll never forget one night coming back from a track meet. It was really late at night, and my roommate and I, and I had walked in the door, and we hit you know, the button on our answering machine, and my caseworker left a message, and she said, give me a call tomorrow. We found her. And that started a process of letters back and forth for quite a while. Um, and I, I met her just shy of my 21st birthday. And she came with her mother-in-law, and uh, who is a, a fantastic lady. And I kept in touch with her for many, many years until she passed away. Um, but it was a really awkward, odd type of thing 
where she brought pictures to show me what I looked like as a baby. I mean, I'd never had pictures of me as an as a baby baby. Um, my parents got me just before my first birthday. So all of my photos are age one and up. And so it was, um, you know, it was really weird to see what I looked like because I just, you know, you look like a cue ball with big ears and, you know, big mouth. I had no teeth. Um, I think I was a cute kid, but, you know, I'm a little biased on that. But um, so we kept in touch for a little bit, and it was, you could definitely tell there was an education difference, and I knew then that I grew up very fortunate. Um, You know, I grew up in a middle-class family. Both of my parents worked. I was what they called a latchkey kid back in the 80s because I would come home to an empty house from school and both my parents were at work. And uh, I don't recall having to start dinners or anything like that, but I was an only kid. So it wasn't like I was feeding siblings or, you know, doing any of those things. It was just me at home. And I remember these letters the the penmanship, the spelling, the grammar, all of it, and I am not good at the spelling at all. I throw a comma in my sentences when I breathe, so I I really shouldn't have no room to judge anyone. But you could just tell that there was a level of education difference. And I could also tell that the letters were difficult and somewhat forced for her. She just didn't quite seemed to know what to say, and I don't know that I did either. And so we stopped communicating for quite a few years. Um, her mother-in-law, so my my biological grandmother, uh, we kept in touch until it was probably 2000, and I'm not sure exactly if I could remember the year right now. It's like 2008, 9, 7, 8, 9, somewhere in there. Um, when she passed away and her daughters sent me a letter saying, we just wanted you to know that Helen passed away. Um, She saved all of your letters and it meant the world to her. And that meant the world to me. It was, I mean, I, I just figured when the letter stopped, I figured something had happened, but that chapter in my life was over. And so I closed that door and I kind of put it away until a couple years after that, I get another letter. This one was typed up, and it said, uh, I hope you're who I think you are, and if you are, I've been searching for you my whole life. Um, And then she gave her name, Deb, and she said, uh, you know, my sister was your biological mother, and I want to meet you, and your brother wants to meet you. So, of course, being the age I was and technology the way it was, we got on Facebook and everything else trying to find her, and, you know, she wasn't a serial killer. So I responded, and, gosh, I think she came down here within two, three weeks to meet me, I think. And she also brought me some pictures. Um, I was a baby in a bar, which was quite a a moment, Um, you know, with apparently a grandparent or something. Um, So she showed me some of those photos that she had had. Um, And then she said, your brother wants to meet you as well. 
And I remember I was at a hockey tournament, and it was an all-day tournament. And uh, I remember going out to my car and having a Facebook conversation with my brother for the first time. And it was something like this. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. You? Good. I heard you were in the Marines. Yeah. I heard you were in the Army. Cool. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it was, it, that's exactly how it went. Uh, so somewhere in Facebook's history uh, is that first conversation between my brother and I. And it was so special to me, and it's still very special to me. Um, I got to be a part of his life. You know, we missed out on so many years, but I'm a part of his life, and that I, you can't take that away from me now. Um, but then we have one more younger brother, and... Um, he, I, I've never had a chance to meet him. We have been corresponding for, it's been about a year, um, maybe two. No, it's been about a year because last summer, Josh and I went home to go meet our uncle for the first time. Uh, so this would be my biological father's brother, and he was battling cancer. And uh, he didn't have very much longer. So Josh and I met up and we went to Michigan and um, met him, hung out with him for a while, um, had some great memories, um, talked a lot. Uh, Ken and I had been talking for quite some time before that anyway. And uh, apparently John, who's the younger brother, he heard about it and he he had asked his mom, he said, well, who's that in the picture with Josh? And she said, well, don't, don't worry about it. And he said, no, I want to know who is that. I've seen her in photos before. And apparently Kathy just said, that's your sister. Don't ask any questions. And that's when he reached out to me and we began our start of a relationship. So here we are only corresponding on the internet, never spoken to him. Um, but he wanted me to meet him the next time I came to town, which I just don't think now is the time to have those first meetings and, and things with, with the pandemic going on. But, you know, it's, it's interesting, the three of us kids. So my biological name was Bobby Joe. Um, I probably would have gone by Joe, a.k.a. Facts of Life Joe. But so Bobby Joe was my name. And... My parents, of course, when they adopted me, they changed my name to Jennifer Lynn, as every other girl born in the 70s, I think, we had so many Jennifers, Jennies, or combinations thereof. In fact, all my best friends growing up were all Jennifers. So our moms would yell at us based on the color of clothes that we were wearing. So it was like Jenny Yellow, Jenny Red, Jenny Purple, whatever. Um, so... My name is now Jennifer, and then we've got Josh and John, so all of us are J names. All three of us were in the military. I was Army. Um, Josh was Marines, and John was National Guard. Uh, John and I both did military police, and all of us did sports, namely track and sprinting, in school. 
So it's really, it's really cool to look at those things that are just part of who you are. And I'm still getting to know these guys and, you know, kind of what makes them tick. And, um, you know, I had a, a great chance um, a year and a half or so ago in the fall. We had rented a cabin in Tennessee and Josh came out to hang out with us for the weekend. And, you know, doing those kind of things as siblings, I've never had that. So it's such a unique experience for me as an adult to be able to treasure that. Um, I think Josh sometimes still is stuck on how many years we missed out on. But um Anyway, that's a whole lot of family history to say that I feel bad about not going to see my brother in Michigan. <laughs> Come all the way back around to that. Um, but yeah, so I'm planning my trip, um, trying to create a schedule for myself for this week, and not sure how it's going to go because I want to stay true to my, you know, some kind of a schedule. So I've got my full-time job. Some nights I have my part-time job. All of it takes place in my kitchen. So I'm not going anywhere or doing anything special um, to be able to have any creative juices going in my head. But at the same time, I need to start getting back on the track of working out. Um, I've got a wonderful basement gym. It's not like I have a, a membership somewhere. Or I don't go to something. Um, I have everything I need, everything I could possibly need in my basement. All I have to do is walk down there. And I'll be honest, some days after driving in half hour, 45 minutes, home half hour, 45 minutes, working one or both jobs, I just don't have it in me. And I am so good at excuses and at convincing myself that my excuse is valid and therefore I should listen to that excuse and I can carry on. So um, I need to get better about doing that. And uh, so this week I'm going to try to, see I already said it, I'm going to try. <laughs> so I'm already creating excuses for myself, you know, because by the time I work my jobs, I pack for the trip and all this kind of stuff, I'm already creating what excuses I could have. So I need to do much, much better there. But anyway. I think that's all the rambling I need to do. Um, hopefully everybody is staying safe, staying healthy, staying sane. I think I think we get so trapped in our houses right now that, you know, we're afraid to go anywhere and do anything. Pick up a hobby. Pick up something new. Um, try to learn a new skill. Learn a new language. Read a new book. Uh, do something different. And hopefully, if everybody can just batten down, we'll get through this and come out the other side stronger, healthier, because now we have, at least for myself, I have a second chance to do what I should have done the first time I was locked down and put my health and mental health as a priority during this time. So stay well, be safe.